This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 583 with guest Marv B, recorded on August 31st, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite gadgets that find their way into your home news reviews product updates and conversation all for the average tech guy i'm your host jim collison broadcasting live from the average guy.tv studios here in a beautiful bellevue nebraska smoky i'm kind of looking forward to the winter when we can put these fires out up north and out west and uh, my throat has been scratchy all summer and it's just it's like marv it's like we're smoking a pack of cigarettes every day are, are you getting the little haze and dust mm-hmm. you know do you actually see it yeah yeah this this blue moon or this moon, full moon that we had last night that everybody's been talking about, it was, yeah, or it was like orange mm. here. So it's, it's so hazy and it just kind of gets to the back of your throat. I'll, I'll be, I, you know, I'll be excited for winter to get her to get those fires put out for sure. And yeah. I'm sure those Canadians will be happy to have those put out. Are, are people walking around wearing masks? No, it's never going to happen in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Not ever again. Nope, not ever again. That's never, yeah. that will never, that will never happen. Anyways, we'll get some better weather coming up. Spring or uh, fall is on its way. We'll post the show with some world-class show notes and some links to some things that you're going to want to run out and buy. I'm telling you, Marv's got something that you're going to want to buy this weekend. I'll have a link to it out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Shane Dyer, who joined us two weeks ago from Era Green. Talked a little bit about that, and and I always think of it as, a 3d water printer for your lawn. It was kind of interesting uh, what they got going on there, but uh, Shane, thanks for coming on. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're getting value from the podcast and you want to give back easiest way to do that's on Patreon, check it out. The average guy.tv slash Patreon. Uh, Marv, you're back on, you've got some gadgets to talk about tonight. You know what I forgot to do in the pre-show is the, the, the drink preview. I, I brought so, my- what do you got? Sam Adams? What? Well, yeah, I got to finish up the summer ale. So I've got Oktoberfest in the fridge, but I got to, I got to finish up the summer ale. I do too. Yeah. And I've had, I bought six and I still have four and I just haven't quite gotten into it. So, but I, I too am going through the, I've got a, a, a lemon ginger or a ginger lemon, lemon, uh, Rattler from, uh, Boulevard Yeah, a little sweet lemon. So you and I feeling the same way, a little end of summer, yeah, kind of something to wet your whistle. And, uh, and the kids drained the summer shandy that I had. I had some wine and kugels, summer shandy that went, that went out last weekend. <laughs> and, uh, so we're, we're out of those, some Oktoberfest. I think I got some Heineken's left in there. I always got Guinness in there, but you know, do you really want to drink? Are you a Guinness guy? Do you like Guinness at all? I, so I did drink Guinness years ago. I was, I went through this phase where I was drinking things like Guinness and Grosch and oh yeah the the original heineken you Uh know the thick the thick hearty beers yeah 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 brian uh, in the chat says both of those sound refreshing the ones we're drinking there's something about a a good dark hearty beer we have a a local place called pint nine and they have what's called an oso oso and it's a thick chocolatey coffee delicious and we went there with some friends are like i can't drink it in the summer and I'm like, oh, I'll drink it any day, any day. It's super, <laughs> like good. it's super good. Yeah. Well, we forgot to, forgot to do the beer pour in the pre-show. I just wanted to get to it, but, uh, um, uh, Marv, thanks for coming on yeah. tonight. Okay. 
let's get right to it. I talked well, to it a little bit. Before oh. we get started with oh, my okay. stuff, yeah. I want to say the the sprinkler show. Yeah. I wish I'd have known about that last summer because we spent about a thousand bucks to redo our traditional rainbird sprinkler heads. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got, I don't know, probably 25, 30 of them, you know, both front and back. And then I spent like 700 bucks on the wireless controller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for a few hundred more bucks, I could have got that thing. Yeah. And it would have been awesome. But could, could you have gotten away with one or would no. you? Yeah. No. You're, you were going to need. So I probably would need three. Yeah, so base price about two grand, and then two fifty right. ahead. So you're at twenty five hundred. He was offering like a five hundred dollar discount for yeah, us. So, so you know, you're you're still at about two grand for that. But, yeah, but it still would have been nice to to have right. that and uh, one in yeah. front, two in back, because we've got our backyard. We've got a pool in the middle, and then we've got sections of grass by trees and bushes, and the wife's garden. It's, it's all that. Would you monkey with the app all the time, trying to get the watering just no. perfect? Would that once you got it set, would you leave it? That that's my concern. As <laughs> you could see yourself out there going, "Oh, I got two inches of the driveway. Let me move this." Thing. I know I got two drops on the driveway. Let's see if I can pull it in a little bit yeah. to make sure. Right? I would be. I am crazy that way. I just don't. I. I. I yeah. Yeah. But I it would be myself. nice because uh, the wife's car. Well, her rights. Her left side gets water. My right side gets water. We water half the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so. so frustrating. All those things he said is right. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to 582 um, and, um, and with, with Shane Dyer. Um, he, he's right on all those. You get all those heads on the outside of the lawn, right, on the perimeter, and then they never will actually water the lawn. They're right. watering your sidewalk or shooting out in the street or or, or whatever, and you're always monkeying with the head yeah. in your area. Like the winter is really hard on the sprinkler systems here in the Midwest. Like everybody breaks two or three heads in the winter out here because of the snow and snow blowers and some of those kinds of things. Is that any different in Florida? Do, you, do your, do the sprinkler heads last any longer down there? No, they don't, but it's, it's different because, you know, our, our water table is so low. Our lawns are so rough that, you know, sprinkler heads just get hit by mowers and stuff yeah. all the time. And it's just, the ground is not great for those types of systems and they get broken all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, I it was, I almost pulled the trigger right after the show. I looked at it and I thought, I just need one. I could DIY it. And I thought about digging the trench and I was like, I'm just gonna, I, I'm not, not at this time. I, I go back and forth on this desire because then I'm just like, I'm just going to use more water. I told my daughter I would use less water, you know, kind of thing. So the question I had for him was, yeah. could you retrofit an existing system with maybe one to start it? Mm. And would it still work with your existing system, yeah. you know, and kind of bring them in stages? Because yeah. that's the whole problem is do you have to rip it all out? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it would depend on the size of the line, where the lines are running, yep. you know, some of those. It would be perfect. My front um, my front hose bib, that's what they call it, whatever, the faucet out front, is in desperate need of replacing. And I need to put one of those new frost, you know, where the, 
the the valve is all the way in the back so it's oh. it doesn't freeze and it self drains and some of those kinds of things i have no idea what you're talking about well you don't live you don't <laughs> live where it snows <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously so it needs it's an old i mean i bet it's probably maybe original to the house it mm-hmm. leaks a little bit i just need to get i need to get a new one except to get to it got to tear through some ceiling tiles in the oh. basement right so it's kind of a thing. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to do it all at once type deal and replace some things and do some stuff. And I need to do it. And that'd be the perfect time then to have the plumber do the work to put this thing in. And it would right. be right out front. I would have to tunnel underneath some, uh, I'd have to move a bunch of rock and tunnel underneath some a, a sidewalk to get it out to that spot where they want it. So it was a thousand degrees when we were talking about it. And I was just like, ah, I was thinking about digging. So I don't know. I'll stuff to, it would be nice out front. Cause that's what everybody sees. And I have the best lawn yeah. in the neighborhood and they, my neighbors all, you know, snicker and, and shout obscenities at me and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> show off. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll just get, they'll just get louder and more obscene when they see that. <laughs> oh, they'll lose their minds. Are you kidding? They'll lose their minds. If you want to check it out, Irigreen, I-R-R-I-G-R-E-E-N. He did mention he'd give you a, a we, there was a discount associated with it. I thought it was four or 500 bucks when he said it. Um, uh, just let him know you heard it here on Home Gadget Geeks if you're going to do it. And you need to do it kind of soon. So check it out if you get it done. All right. Speaking of spending some ridiculous money, uh, let me let me just, let me bring this thing up. You you recently talk a little bit about, you got a new gadget. Let me Let me show it. There it is. Marv, what do you got here? Yeah, this is called the NetAlly CyberScope, and it's basically an upgrade of their existing EtherScope tool, which is what I use to go on site and, you know, diagnose networks. I can test connections, test cables, verify services. You know, I can get an IP address. I can uh, test services to servers. I can test Wi-Fi. Uh, I can see access points. I can see the number of clients. I can test, um, you know, not just bandwidth, but I can actually test um, and analyze the wireless uh, RF signals. Um, I can do a lot of stuff. And then they've got a whole bunch of built-in apps because it's built on the Android mainframe. So I can do stuff like send screenshots uh, through email, I can pull up browsers, I can connect into my networks and switches. There's apps for a lot of the IT utilities that I use. Uh, Ruckus is what I have been doing recently. And um, I got I got it here. So here you can see it physically in my hand. Uh, that on, is it. Go big screen with you. Yep. That, yep. It reminds me kind of like the old Palm devices that now, it's yeah. a little thicker than those, but remember those? Yeah. 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 So, it's, that's 14000 well, let's say $13,000 worth yeah. of, yeah. But it's yeah. worth it for me. You know, it's obviously, you know, not really yeah, for home yeah. users, but yeah. you people love to hear about some of the gadgets that I use. And this is yeah. it. It also tests 10G uh, speeds. It tests fiber. Uh, it's got a flashlight. So if I'm in a closet, <laughs> I got to do stuff. Uh, all these things. And I just used it over the weekend. I had a company where they were installing cables for some access points. And when I went to go install the access point, I got no power. And so I hooked this up, got no connection to the network, took a screenshot of the cable test that showed, oh, I wonder if I 
can bring that up and show you because it was so funny that uh, I sent them a picture and the guy tried to tell me that, oh, no, that cable was good. So let me first, this is what he sent over. And it's basically, it's a little, you know, pocket handheld tester that just showed continuity. And I said, um, no, that's not it. Here's what your cable actually looks like. <laughs> that's hilarious. So that's, that's, well, uh, so he had two basically does that that's saying he's got two wires switched and two that are broken? Is that what that are not? Well, he's he's got one good wire of the three. Yeah. So the green <laughs> wire on the screen here is the good one, right? Right. And then and brown and orange are wired backwards. Yep. Is they're, that, right, is they're, that, they're crossed. And, and blue, blue is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, well, you got one of three. You got some continuity. Why would his show full continuity? Now, I, I get why it should have four and five. The, the so, first. So a lot of times what these testers do, and these these are really, really basic testers. Some of them are as low as, you know, 40, 50 bucks. You can get them at Home Depot, Lowe's. Uh, this one's actually probably closer to 100, maybe 150 bucks. And all it's doing is testing, can I get a signal from one end of the cable to the other? But it doesn't say how good the signal is. It doesn't say anything. And I'm actually kind of wondering how those are all showing solid lines because they shouldn't have. At least one pair should have shown that there was no continuity, right? Right. Yeah. In that. But, in that. And 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 it's it's tough because I don't want to bash on these guys. What they do is is much needed on in our industry. Nobody wants to run cables anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I I sometimes sit and think you guys have got to get some better testers. Right. 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 If this is what, what do you think? Doing. So for you being able to run that test right there in the moment in the moment and say, Hey, this is what it's showing. What does that save you? I mean, from a, from a productivity Uh, standpoint, what do you think that saves you? Well, here's what it did. So the whole reason I got into these testers was years and years ago, I got into this back and forth battle with a cable person that said, no, our stuff is good. And, you know, I, I had a workstation that would work and then not work, work and not work. And we could not figure out why. And he would run his little tester and say, oh, all the connections are good. So at that time, I went out and spent 1100 bucks that I didn't have. <laughs> I was just new in the business. And I found a tester that, yeah, it showed the connections, but it also verified the speed and continuity and some like BERT test. It did a whole bunch of stuff where it says, not only does it show connection, but it shows that you've got a quality connection that will run at the speed that it's supposed to. Hmm. And that's what I need. I need to be able to verify that not only is it showing connection, but will it, for instance, power over ethernet, right? You know, this will verify that I'm getting true power and what the wattage is over that wire. Hmm. So if I need to have something, you know, at 20 Watts, I can prove that that cable was supported. Um, It saves me a ton in, back and forth with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would think. And that's really the biggest key. Now, sometimes I'll show up, like I've got a a person that I use where I'll show up towards the end of their installation and I don't even let them do their testing anymore. And and they, they're fine. (laughs) They're like, Marv's here. Let him go and test all the connections and stuff. Yeah, Right on. Right on. You know, 
that time in testing saves me from having to call them back out later. Well, it saves them too. Like they don't have to go. I mean, you're going to be like, Hey, this isn't working. This is, and they get right to it. Right. And they don't have to invest in a, in a testing device, although they probably should, but, but, but you're there, you're, you're trying to, you know, make sure that's working because the equipment, the worst thing is you get there, the equipment's not working. The customer's all like, Hey, right. what, what are you doing here? Right. They don't yep. care. And I got to call them. That it was the wiring guys. Yep. Yeah. 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 So the other thing with this and the reason that it's called the cyber scope is that it actually has a built-in in map tool, which will go out and check for open ports and vulnerabilities in things like routers and servers and stuff like that. Now, I'm not a big in-map person, so I've got to go and learn some of these things. But that's what these companies now need to do or what we as IT professionals, where we need to go in you know, and prove that the network is secure. Mm-hmm. from a you know yeah. cyber attack or whatever so right. if, you know i can go in and connect this device and here's what it looks like when it's on uh, with all the apps and stuff and i can go in hit an in map and i can run an, a hey show me the top 100 ports open on the network yeah. and it'll go and scan for the top 100 ports um, it does a htt password auditing Um, it'll do a broadcast DHCP discover. So if we've got people that they're getting an IP address, but for some reason they're not on the network, we can go out and see, well, are there all of a sudden, did somebody bring in a a Wi-Fi router that's acting as a DHCP server and hijacking the network? So all those types of things uh, I'll be able to do. Would that be for you? Is that kind of an additional service that you add on to, to what you're doing with customers? Is that kind of the way that works? So for my, Regular customers that are under what we call a managed service agreement, mm-hmm. no, it's just part of what we do. What it has done is it, it has allowed for me to provide a network auditing service to other technicians where they have issues and they need stuff done and tested on their network. And they're like, Marv, can you come in and, and do this? And I'll be like, yeah, you know, for 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, depending on the yeah. size of the network, I can just yeah. show up with this, plug it in and audit their network do they need to give you some network i'm assuming to get on their network you've got to get some authorization or something to get on it right not necessarily so i can get on and see every physical device on there Mm. if they want me to test things like their wi-fi then yes i'll need a a password to get on there and it'll test their wi-fi connection and all of that if they want to test services to a particular server for like, say a SQL server, I don't need a password to test the physical connections, but if I need to test services, I may need a password for, you know, SNMP if they've locked down SNMP. And then Ally has some, um, they've got some cheaper versions that yeah. are less expensive that you could Probably less functionality, less things you can do with them. Right? Yeah, they've Maybe got, more. this is a smaller version here. It's called the Link Runner. And this is probably what I would recommend for most technicians. If you're just getting started, uh, it again does the network and cable testing. Uh, so if you just need to go and test connectivity to a network, uh, it'll do all that. It has a lot of the same features where it'll try to grab an IP address 
Um, it does have a place where you can add a Wi-Fi connector and test Wi-Fi and do your basic stuff there. Yeah. What's the, what's the retail on that one? So that one's about 1500 And then they do oh. have one that's like 299 It's called the, the Ether Scope. No, I'm sorry, the Lynx Printer. It's... Yeah. I've got a bunch yeah, of yeah, one of those. It's, okay. it's like a little, it's like a little, yeah. it's, it's the size of your hand, really small. And it just tests really quick connectivity and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I actually downloaded some software. I forget the name of it now for my surface that I would, I, I would, could do Wi-Fi testing around the house. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things kind of connect to it. And I can say, oh, it's strong here, not strong there. Some of those kinds yeah. of things. That's kind of nice. That's kind of nice sometimes. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I know it's overkill for a, a lot of people that would watch this show, but for, yeah. for IT folk, uh, if you want to go out and have some authority <laughs> behind what you're doing, people really can't argue with, with those types of tools. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not over. I mean, you, the more you use that, the more uses you find, the better you get at it, then you can offer that as a service. Absolutely. Or add on, either an add-on or an additional service to retain that customer. Right? Oh yeah. Cause it'll do uh, one of the other things it does, it'll do complete discovery. So once you've, you know, let it run for a while on a network, you can upload that to the cloud. NetAlly has a free service where you can log in and you can show uh, an analysis of all the devices. You can do sorting of certain devices. You can run reports. Uh, it's nice. So yeah, there's there's a lot of add-on features, uh, Wi-Fi surveys for a company mm-hmm. where, hey, we need to know how many access points. You can go in there, upload a PDF of their floor plan, and literally walk around the space and map out how many access points they need. Now, that's a couple thousand bucks that companies yeah. are charging to do that. Yeah. Well, and you know, maybe some average guy um, uh, usage in the sense that we like when when I first started putting Ring. Um, devices around the house. I was getting really bad connectivity. And what we noticed, we, we, I use that Wi-Fi uh, analyzer because it picks up all the Wi-Fi units. And I had two D-Link, um, you know, two D-Link um, cameras that were Wi-Fi that were causing noise in the, on, on the network, lots of noise, so much so that it was affecting the ring cams. You turn those D-Link cameras off, you, you, everything worked on the ring side, turn them back on. They would, you know, they would, they'd go, they'd go down again. So it was a good, I mean, I think sometimes when we set up Wi-Fi, even in our homes, we don't necessarily have all the necessary tools to kind of check around and say, Hey, is this, you know, is this thing doing what it's supposed to be doing? Is it creating network traffic that's clogging up it for every, you know, clogging it up for everybody else? creating noise on the network, those kinds of things. So those tools, I, I wish that was easier. You know, we, we buy the router, we set it up, we start connecting things to it. But in a lot of cases, we really don't know what those devices are even doing. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I could show you guys a ton of stuff, but I just thought you'd be, you'd no. be interested in seeing that. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Super. It, it, it's fun. Again, it looks like an old palm, like an old palm device, a little thicker, a little thicker than that. You also picked up, um, uh, some, some earbuds and you said in the notes, they weren't Aaron approved. Are you like, so, what are you, what are you doing, Marv? You can't So be. <laughs> this is one of those things where I have gone through earbuds so many times 
uh, I've been in airports and picked out earbuds when I left mine and, you know, I bought Sony's and all these names. I bought, um, Dr. Dre's, well, I forget what his are called, but the beats ones. Uh-huh. And I always end up coming back to these Bose sound sport earbuds. So they are, they are wired, which I like, I don't like the individual earbuds by themselves. I actually lost one on an airplane once because I fell asleep and one fell out and I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't find, find it. it in the aisle. So this kind of wraps around the neck and the sound quality is absolutely fantastic. I get, I get the highs, I get the lows. And the reason I say they're not air and approved is I, you know, she's done several, several reviews and this has never been on there. And I actually uh, had a deal. So the link I gave you on Amazon, these are the lowest price that I've ever seen. They're actually like 130 bucks full retail. Uh, but I actually found a deal on eBay where I got two for the price of one. So this is the second one still in the box. Uh, it's a little beat up, but oh, there, let me show you there. So I got the box there. Yeah. But they are just fantastic and use them for my podcast and my music listening. It's, it's tough to go wrong with Bose most yeah. of the time. Right. I mean, I just, I don't, I, I bought their, um, Oh, I should know the name of this. It's a, it's a, it's just basically a portable speaker. Um, it'll come the Bluetooth to speaker. Yeah. The, their Bluetooth speaker. Mm. Anyways, we leave it by the back door, <laughs> take it out when we're sitting on the deck, you just grab it and anybody can connect to it and, and be the DJ or play the music or do, do what needs to be done. And, um, it sounds really good. It's, it's hard to go. It's a little, it's a little pricey. I bought the, the, the 25s, the over the ear noise canceling. Um, as soon as I bought mine, they came out with the, uh, the, am you know, with the a lady in it or the Google thing in it. Right. right. As, as soon as I bought them, like they, it was the next month. I'm like, oh, you know, but it's hard to, it's tough to go wrong with Bose. Don't yeah. You think? yeah. One thing I've learned over the years. So I've of course went through all the, stages growing up with trying to buy cheap and you know yeah listening yeah. to ads oh just as good as such and such and i finally got to the point was of saying well if you're just as good as such and such why wouldn't i just buy such and such <laughs> you know so that's what i started doing everybody compared themselves to bose so i started buying bose everybody compares themselves to dyson i just buy dyson and right, right. you know and, and i've gotten lucky because the quality has followed and you know, you buy less and they last longer. They do the job uh, sometimes better than the cheap, you know, pretenders. Right. So that's what I do. Yeah. No, it's, it's smart move. I, I really struggle with that because I'm, I, I go to buy those the most expensive and then I see the price and right before I go to buy it, I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I walk away from it. And then I see the cheap ones and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to buy those either. And then I, then I have nothing. And I, I, listen, I traveled for work for a couple of years and for maybe three of the five years I traveled, I battled with noise canceling headphones. Like, ah, no, too much. So I finally bought some, like, um, I think I bought them for when I went to London. So that was like December of 2019, took them to London with me. It was awesome. Came back covid <laughs> i haven't mm. flown i mean i have flown i have flown once since but but 
traveling for work kind of stuff. That's always my fear in buying the best is it seems like with me, whenever I do that, the reason I bought them stops as soon as, right. It's just so frustrating. You're like, now I have this really, what I need to get better at and everybody gets better at. And what Uyghur was good at is just selling the thing, like just unload it, you know, even for whatever, whatever you can get for it, just unload the thing. So it's not sitting there. And then if you need it again, just rebuy it. Yeah. I was never that very is true. Good. That's the, the minimalist way to go. I was never very good at that. So, well, you, you're, I'm assuming your use case, lawn mowing, out walking. I mean, what are you, where do you use those headphones the most? So obviously, yeah, I'm out on the lawn. I actually use them. If I'm at a client's place, I'll actually wear them there. And it's just kind of a deterrent for true. people to bother me while I'm working. True. Um, I do that. I wear them in stores, so I don't have to deal with that. Um, pretty much anywhere, uh, if, especially if I want to listen to something and not have it interrupt somebody else, because most people, you barely hear them even when they're up high. Uh, but I don't. You don't need them high because the the audible level and clarity is really really good, even low. So. And then do you wear the strap in the back or do you wear it up front? I wear it in the back. In the back. Yeah. Does, that, then, does it have a microphone in it? Yes. In the strap or in the in the earpiece? It's uh it's on the side. There's a little so if you see right by the earbud, okay. there's yeah. a little microphone there. Yep. And it's got the control so I can raise and lower the volume. I can yep. pause and do all that. Yeah, those are good. I, I struggle with the that style of earbuds that has that like the plunger style. I, I'm, I like the earbud style, except, uh, earbuds got bought out by J, uh, JBL and then JBL shut them down. <laughs> so it's like, it's getting harder and harder to find those covers. Um, yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian says in chat, besides not having to worry about getting lost, you don't need to worry about battery life with wire two. Now those you're charged, you're still charging those, right? Yeah, I charge these, and the and the battery actually they'll last uh, anywhere from eight to ten hours, so that's pretty good for me. For I, I never listen to them for that long unless I'm on an airplane, you know, stuck in an airport, you know, or something like that. So it they do they do the job. Even then, you'd have to be you'd have to be gone. I mean, that's a lot of ten ten or twelve. That's a lot of hours when you're when you're thinking about it. Yeah, you know, it is. So. Well, cool. Yeah, that's a good, I, that's a good for hundred and what do you say? 130, 140? 130, is 130 yeah, retail. Yeah. Uh, but they're on Amazon. They've been on Amazon a lot for, you know, hundred or less. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good, it's good, a pretty good place to be. Yeah, that's good. Well, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're thinking you're going to get a little bit longer out of them than you did all the other ones. Yes. And I, one of the reasons I got two is so I had, you know, a pair at home, right. a pair at the office that goes with me in the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a good way to do it. A good way to do it. Cool. Um, I want to chat. I want to change the subject a little bit. Uh, we've been talking, um, Jay talked about it. I think you and I talked a little AI. Um, both of us came with a different news story, but are related in that, um, um, I think yours was talking about um, with AI art trying to get some kind of digital stamp in the art, right? 
uh, that the 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 one I saw in Engadget says the U.S. Copyright Office opens public comments on AI and content ownership, right? So it says the U.S. Copyright Office wants your thoughts on generative AI and who can theoretically theoretically be declared uh, to own its outputs. The technology has increasingly commanded the legal system's attention. And as the office uh, began seeking public comments on Wednesday about some of AI's thorniest issues, uh, these includes questions about companies training AI models on copyrighted works. I work for a company called Gallup. That's that's happening to our content right now, right? Um, so that's happening. The co- and I can't comment any more than that. The company's training AI models uh, on copyrighted works, the copyright eligibility of AI-generated content, along with liability and infringing on it and how to handle machine-made outputs mimicking human artists' work. And this is where it gets really, really interesting, right? In the area of deep fakes and art and some of some of those areas. I've always thought the blockchain would be a great place to start storing digital signatures or something of this kind of art where it you could validate that. But I guess as AI is generating this in the style, we could say Picasso, because he's all out of he's out of copyright right. at this point, right? But that kind of stuff is happening. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Mark? Well, it's a whole weird thing because, you know, NFTs were supposed to be a thing too, where, you know, you true, could, true. Uh, you know, license stuff through an NFT. But, you know, I, I looked at this and part of me thought we've already been through this battle with, you know, merchandising and being able to, um, what do they call it? Um, the print on demand where you can just upload images and print them. And, you know, the companies, all they say is, do you have permission to use this? Oh, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, that in the deep fates, like you talked about it, well, the fact that AI now can generate likenesses for you is just an extension of that. But obviously, because it's on the internet and uh, most of them are free or very low cost, I mean, it almost becomes a mass production thing when people can do this and, you know, well, I did it with AI, so it's mine. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. You know, I kind of wonder, this takes me back to the old, uh, the old days of, of MP3. MP3 music. Yeah. EDM music and LimeWire and, and um, uh, Pirate Bay and some of those sites, right. Where these MP3 Napster. Yeah. These exactly. These MP3s being, you know, people uh, burning them from physical media, whether it was a CD or an album or whatever. I, there were some folks still in those days making them from vinyl. And um, so I've made it. Now I can share it. It's digital. It's it, it, and that, that like for a time. What was it? What do you think of six, seven years? MP3s just ran rampant on the yeah. Internet, right? You could get them anywhere. And then they started cracking down. <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like, does does it feel like to you, this is what it feels like to me, that we're in that early, we're like in year two of maybe seven where it's it's the wild, wild west and anything goes. I don't yeah, know. it's going to be that way. I think they're going to have to come up with the governing body. You know, the music industry had the, what is it, the RIA? Uh, that could go after and do that. You know, we already YouTube and any social media stuff. If you throw music up, 
you know, there are organizations that literally scour the internet for every video that gets uploaded to see if there's music behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to have to be something like that where you're, you're going to have image scrubbers, you know, when people are posting, yeah, you know, that they're going to check that image and be like, hmm, that looks like you may have misused it. We, we thought that may be impossible with music and then the technology proved otherwise and right. it got good and then it got really good. And now it's scary. Good. Like it's too good know. because I, I've actually had to stop putting music in because sometimes it sounds like something right. else. And yeah. they're, so I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've quit altogether. Uh, doing it. I remember I was out at a public event and I was streaming and there was music like in the next County and it picked it up type deal. And it, I got, it, I it got demonetized or right. they blank the whole thing out. Whatever. Yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a while ago. I mean, this was in the, the early days of it, but I'm wondering the article continues. It says the issue the office hopes to address is the required degree of human authorship to register a copyright on otherwise AI driven content. We, we also have to think through not just it, what if I create it with, is everything created from AI of in some kind of violation or are there some AI works that are actually copyrightable themselves? I mean, this isn't going to be a complicated because you could create works with AI that are original. Well, here's okay. the thing. So you? when uh, you don't do a ton of podcast art and covers and stuff, no. I do. I, I'll go out and grab, you know, my uh, guest pictures with their logo and I'll go into Canva and do stuff. And now Canva is in one of those situations where they use, you know, pictures from Pixabay and uh, I forget what the other one is. There's two pixels that they use which are just galleries of images. Now you can, you can pay to use images or you can use free images, but it's going to be the same thing as that where people go into Canva to create art and pictures and mugs and t-shirts. And, you know, somebody, some, somebody somewhere someday is going to be like, Hey, that wasn't, that wasn't designed for you to use it there. This article goes on to say the one I'm quoting from in gadget. Am, am I violating like, cause I'm reading their article. I don't know the question. They say the critical question appears to be whether the work in quotes is basically one of human authorship with the computer merely being an assisting instrument or whether the traditional elements of authorship in the work literary, 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 yeah, literary artistic or musical expression or elements of of, selection, arrangement, et cetera, were actually conceived and executed not by man, but by machine. This is like, this is going to be the legal side of this is going to be super interesting because it completely now an artist, let's take Picasso because he's long gone and his stuff is all in, you know, what did he, do, do you ever think his stuff was a hundred percent original or did he see something or maybe another artist's rendition inspired. that inspired. Yeah. That, Ooh, I like that word inspired because the AI may be inspired by the style of something and right. create something completely unique. Right. Yep. Um, you know, we do this all the time. I mean, as humans, we do this all the time with things we say that we've learned. We don't credit 
everything we've said and very little of the things we do say are actually original to us. So we don't credit every single thing we say, right. you know, we quote people all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a quote that says the first time I said that it's been said the second time I say, uh, I like to say the third time I say, I've always said, and then it becomes mine. Right. Yep. <laughs> I already said it three times. So you, it just gets, I, this just gets really, really sticky. I think when it comes down to, and I, I know there's even some AI generated music that we haven't, I mean, we've kind of been focusing on the visual aspect of things, but what if we begin to say, write me a, write me a song and it does that. Well, we, we, we've, we've heard that and we've seen, uh, who was it? They've done Johnny Cash, you know, um, Elvis, you know, they've been, you know, hey, create a song and sing it in the voice of. And then you think Johnny Cash has, you know, created yeah. a new song. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be that um, yeah. where somebody will say, take a song and use my voice mm-hmm. and then let me promote it as me. So it's going to, AI is going to put us in a very precarious spot for the next. I don't know, decade. The, uh, the article goes on to say, although the issue is far from resolved, there's the understatement of the year. Several cases have hinted at where the boundaries may fall. For example, the office said in February that the human made text and layout arrangements from a partially AI generated graphic novel were copyrightable, but the works of, of mid journey generated images were not, hmm. but uh, on the other hand, a federal judge recently rejected an attempt to register AI-generated art, which had no human intervention other than it's uh, it's it's citing a text prompt. In quotes, co- copyright has never stretched so far as to protect works generated by new forms of technology operating absent any guiding human hand. As plaintiff urges here, uh, a U.S. District Court uh, Beryl Howell wrote in the in the ruling. It's going to be I, like it, we're at that early stage where I think there's going to be conflicting rules that come out, right? Until we get a lot of these kinds of things worked out in court and we kind of get it figured out. It's going to be a mess, Marv. Yep. It is going to be a mess. Your article, the one that you had, you had sent over to me, talked a little bit more about the art side of things. Would that, in that article, you remember would that adding, would that shed any light on this? Uh, this conversation. Yeah, it's it's, but it yeah, like you said, it's more from the artist who, um, were looking at the musical aspect, and from uh, the movies, you know, where people are taking images and stuff from movies and creating their own AI stuff, and you know, the artists are saying, "Hey, that's our livelihood. You're messing with by taking yeah. our images and just you know." Yeah mass producing them a thousand times on the internet. So is it, is it, does it different when AI takes somebody's job away than when they steal somebody's art? That is going to be a thing because everybody's talked about, you know, is AI going to take your job? And most people are like, well, no, because there still needs to be this human element that has to check AI. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think about it, I mean, uh, let's see. Did you and Dave talk about this in a show where you know people are thinking that podcasts will be replaced? You know, podcasters mm-hmm. will be replaced by 
you know, AI generated content with a voice and stuff. And so there's a, there's a, there's a place where I can see that if you, you know, look other places on YouTube where we're broadcasting now, you can tell that there are videos created by somebody just simply generating something in chat GPT and then creating an artificial voice to read it. Mm-hmm. And they just throw some images up there and that's the video. That's you think the AI it. is generating those images for him too? Because I've seen the cartoon ones where. Well, know. I think the, I think the really good ones, no, because I know that there are companies that, you know, they've got licenses to libraries of images and videos and they have people that are, stitching those together like they would a regular video. But I think, I do believe that, yeah, they're, uh, they may be going out. Uh, let me say this. I know of a tech person that started throwing up things on LinkedIn. And I remember I watched a few and they were just little like two, three minute commercials of their company and services and stuff, you know, Hey, if you want to check for cybersecurity and I'm sitting there listening, I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like that person. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. sounds like a chat GPT script. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so it's going to be interesting because we're, we're going to use the tool, but the question is, can we use it verbatim? Right. And is what we're getting from it basically pulled from a script in somebody's copyrighted literary art. It's sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause if a human did that, I mean, if a human went into a book and just copied it out, it would be plagiarism. Right. right. I mean, we would call him on that. And, and so I think there's some, you know, Brian yeah. says, Brian says in chat, he says, you know, we're seeing that in the school systems too, right. Challenges with AI and how much is a student's work versus, that of AI, I said I would be a terrible high school student right now with oh, yeah. it because I would just, I, I it would, I would, it would, it's too easy to go out there and, um, you know, uh, um, you know, one of the, one of the things I heard when I was listening to a podcast, maybe it was Windows Weekly with Paul Therott and, and now Richard Campbell. And I think Rich said, you can tell the, the, you know, AI to have an opinion. So, you know, you say, hey, talk about these things and then have an opinion. And um, that's the first time, you know, because we've always said, and you'll even say sometimes, you know, I can't, I can't have an opinion. Right. And now you, you can tell it. We, I want you to have an opinion. So that, that's, that's kind of interesting. You know, the, the other, at, the other addition to open AI, the, 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 the chat, um, chat GPT 3.5 that the free model, I haven't paid for the, the 4.0 yet, but is you there, you can now add 1500 characters about you to it and it will run, it'll, it'll kind of use that pre query if you're asking things about you. So it, you can kind of put a, a short bio in a short's probably not the word, but a bio in and, right. and some other things. And it, it knows some things about you. I was complaining early on that the the thing with ChatGPT that really makes it weak is it doesn't have a sense of the user, right? No. And oftentimes, you know, I'd love to feed it in all my podcast stuff, my voice, my true voice, and then say, write this in my voice, you know? Yeah, I mean, but you're right. The nuance 
of yeah. how you might say something isn't going to be captured. So I just yeah. took a, uh, so the article that I sent you, I just went over to perplexity and said, give an opinion about the news article at, in the website. Yeah. And it gives an answer. And the first part of the answer says the news article reports and it does that. And then in the next paragraph, it says as an AI assistant, I cannot provide an opinion on the matter. However, <laughs> <laughs> if you pay me, <laughs> it is important to acknowledge and, and it does it. So it yeah. does basically give an opinion, but it qualifies itself by saying, I'm not allowed to give an opinion. Oh, well, I'm sure there are lawyers who are saying, Every output has to have yep. some kind of disclaimer on it, right? So that it doesn't get, they don't get, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever with it. It gets me, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't been real tempted. Like I haven't been tempted. I've early on, I wrote some articles with it over at the average guy.tv. I did a whole series of articles where I had, I wrote one and then I, I, I had it give me topics from one to the other. And then I wrote another one and tied the two together with links and, I must have created, I don't know, I was just having fun with it. I probably created seven or eight of them. They put some footnotes in there as well. But it was it was kind of interesting. It, that got old really fast. Like just creating content. I mean, you can generate and put a ton of crap out there. But after a while, it felt kind of empty. Yeah. You know, you're just like, this isn't really me doing the work to to make sure it's just words. You know, and I know it, it creates some good stuff. It's really good at history. Like you can say, tell me the history of this and it will, it will generate a really nice historical story for you type deal. Yep. Not always right, but, but you're not going to get that engagement. Like we're getting here in the chat, you know, with people responding, you know, all of a sudden they just lit up <laughs> yeah. talking about this. where you guys been. Tony's to, to, Tony says, sorry, my, my phone was ringing at the same time. Maybe chat GPT was trying to call me. My wife works in medical education. Our company just issued a statement that they will not allow AI-generated work in their publications. And we've been asked not to feed um, AI or not to feed the AI our intellectual property. So don't put like don't put our stuff in there to get results back. Don't take something we've written and put it in there because they. Right. It's it's there, right? We know they're taking stuff that we're. Oh yeah, they're cataloging every everything you ask. If they're cataloging, right. yeah. And we just um, we just put a hold on the um, free version of Grammarly because oh, really? of the same thing, right? Those in the oh. I guess in the user terms, if you're using Grammarly and it's you're writing things with it, it's capturing that and you don't, you, you lose control of that content. If you're, if you're using the free version of Grammarly, man, everybody's watching us. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, they are. Well, and, and that's like, that's what you give up for the convenience. We've always talked about this, right? You give, you're getting a benefit and you're giving up something to get that benefit. That's right. right. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it it's it's leading. I think it's really really leading to some interesting conversations. I, I think I'd like to get to this point where we stop thinking about Chat GPT as just a word calculator, right? In other words, just a content creator. I guess I get a little get a little burned out with this podcasting, blogging, art images conversation. 
about, um, you know, just generating pure content to get rankings on Google or to sell images on a t-shirt, right? Some of those things. Yes. Okay. All those are cool, but I wish we would spend more time thinking like, how can we be creative with this tool in a way that really helps people, right? That is really, that can really do some things that humans can't and, and make it a good tool for some of those kinds of things instead of, and like anything, you can't get one without the other, right? You're going right. to get, you're going to get it that way. But it seems like there's some areas in this where, um, you know, I would want it, I would think about like, like if we think about network monitoring, right. And, and I, it would be great if it would do a lot of that monitoring for me and then let me know when it starts to see, Hey, it looks like, you know, this is a weird anomaly. I'm seeing these kinds of things and not just spit out a report, but actually give me something intelligent in it. Like, you know, not, not just a, well, I, I can tell you there are companies working on that where yeah. they are trying to get AI to do, you know, predictive repairs. Right. You know, rather right. than report to you, just go ahead and fix it. Yeah. So, well, or give report you it to me for a while. And after a while, it just starts doing well. Right. You know, maybe I should, maybe I should just fix this now because I know how the human did it that way several times, you know. Well, I think, yeah, the, the, right now they're talking about it to where, let it report to the human and then the human can create the automatic scripting to fix it or, you know, that sort of thing. And then allow AI to fix this, but not that. So there are companies doing that. It's, it's, it's in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where we go with this. Like I, I, I'm, it, it's going to have a little bit, I think we're going to have a bunch of ups and up and downs. And I think the MP3 going back to what we said earlier, I think if you studied what went on with MP3s, I think that's the roadmap for where we're going with AI right? yep. in, in, in this space and what it does and where it goes. It's going to get harder and harder to tell, you know, unless they start, unless a government, someone steps in and says, every piece of AI generated content has to have a fingerprint that this was generated by AI, Right. Imagine, you know, you think about that, a watermark that you can't see. It's buried in the, it's buried in the code. You can't, you can't take it out. It's, 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 this text was created by AI. Well, it'll be interesting because, you know, most of AI right now is just a glorified Google search Yeah. to yeah. the rest of the internet. So what, what they probably will end up doing, at least this is part of my thought process is that every website is going to have that embedded fingerprint. So right now, AI will report what sources it used. Yep. Well, it'll be a way to where it may not be able to collate or curate those those sources unless yeah. you know it goes yeah. through a process. Yeah. Which would be interesting because you could see websites closing themselves off to, yeah, we can't yeah. allow AI to crawl this website. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd get the tin tin tinfoil hat wears all <laughs> up in arms too. Like, you know, the conspiracies. You're you're just wanting to track. Yeah, you know, you're just wanting to track this or put a signature on it. There's no more free speech in there, and you know, some of those kinds of things that come out of it. But I do think that could be both a solution and a hindrance of dig a digital 
you know, a digital watermark on any content that's yours. You know, I write a blog post, it gets a digital content. Um, now, if I've stolen that from somebody else, I put my own digital. Well, that's even worse because then they can track it back, right? Yeah. yeah track yeah. it back to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there'll be AI checking the AI before we. There will be, yes. <laughs> before before uh, we know it. Okay. Last time you were on, uh, you were you were him on about maybe a podcast or another one or something different. I think did and did you say it was a secret to that point? Were were you still not telling me? Is yeah, it, I, yeah. I kind of was was holding yeah. it in my hip pocket. Yeah. But so are you are you willing to are you willing to talk about it now? Is yeah, it okay? It's out. Okay. It's out. What do we have? What's, what's is, your new podcast? It is a new personal podcast, and it is called Uncle Marv's Unhealthy Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, yeah. Is it is it really? Uh, here, I'll put the I'll put the link in the chat. Yeah, right it's here. actually at unhealthypodcast.com. and I'm still tinkering with the formula, but uh, I've been going back and forth for about a year, maybe eighteen months, on trying to do something where. I did a podcast that would talk about my personal journey with some of the things that I was not necessarily struggling with, but things that, you know, I wanted to talk about and I didn't have, you know, the open communication with the wife to talk about, Hey, I need to lose a few pounds. And she's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Sort of a thing. Um, And then trying to go through, you know, listening to other like YouTubers and all of the professional companies, you know, buy this plan or do this. I'm like, you know what? I just want to talk to regular people like me Hmm. and find out what is, what are people doing? So that was the impetus for, for the podcast where I would just, you know, openly and publicly say, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's here's what I want to work on and go out and find friends who are willing to talk about it. Hmm. Well, now it's turned into more than just simply like a health and fitness thing. It is, there are so many things in our life that are, quote, unhealthy. You know, the stress that we put on ourselves by working too much, the mental health that, you know, people are dealing with, uh, relationships. And so I have, since I actually publicly announced this, I've had a ton of people actually reach out to me and be like, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. So. Well, I, I want to be on there. Am I gonna? Do I get to be on there? Sure, we can okay. talk about your unhealthy love of backups. <laughs> uh, my, yeah, well, or my un, very unhealthy look at money. That is, I mean, just seriously, that's that's one of those. Yeah. those I really struggle with it. Yeah. yeah so we've got. I, I talked to a lady. Actually, I talked to a lady this morning, and this is where it's it's going to go completely at left field. She is a menopause strategist. <laughs> And uh, so we're going to do like a, maybe a three-part series where wow. she's going to give her story of her journey and her midlife crisis, uh, her failed relationship, and how she rebounded from that. And now how she's, she's going through menopause and she's created this group where other ladies that are going through this are sharing stories and how to get through it and stuff. So it's all those types of things. So any place that we can talk about you know, how to go from being unhealthy to healthy. Mm. And that'll, that'll be the premise of the show. Not stay unhealthy. The, no, the, the goal is not to stay unhealthy. Right. On that. Um, well, then I, you shouldn't have me on. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if I've solved any of those, any of those issues. I love the, um, 
I love the, okay, let me, let me bring it back up. Um, the, it's like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. As we look at your side, I love the guy they're sitting on the beach and I, and I see some hands out yep. in, in meditation. And then it looks like the other person's looking at their phone. So I don't know if that's, a, <laughs> <laughs> if that's a, uh, if that's a, 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 a sign of it. Well, and so how many, how many episodes are you in? At this point? So I think I've done seven. Okay. Um, I've got another one that is recorded, but not published. Um, I've already talked to, I just talked to a lady that runs a podcast called travel gluten free. Oh yeah. Uh, illiquity. Uh, she's, yeah. Illiquity. So she's going to be on for a couple of episodes. Uh, I've got a relationship person on actually I've her show is the last one posted coach L. Uh, we're going to do a seven part series on relationships. Wow. 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 Well, um, my, okay. my, my sister-in-law is going to come on. She's a recently certified Ayurveda uh, specialist. Uh, what, what is that? Sorry. What is Ayurveda? That? <laughs> Let me see if I can get this straight. It's basically a new type of looking at health from a holistic mental and physical mindset. So okay. it's, I didn't, I didn't do it justice, but. No, I think, I think so. I, it's like I, Jim's let's be reasonable podcast. That's what, that's what my podcast should be. My next one should be, let's be reasonable. In other words, you know, find an area that works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the world's best. Some of these, sometimes we go down these trails with these kinds of topics and then pretty soon you're going to the nth degree. Like you get people on there and it's like, oh no, no carbs. And then the next person's yeah. like, it's only carbs. And then, right. I mean, it can get a little, it can get a little. A little yeah. And then once I, and part of why I was going through this struggle was as I was researching them and listening to them, a lot of times people were like, okay, they're just doing that for clicks and they're just doing that for like, they don't even follow their own stuff. And I'm like, well, that's just absurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's the space, right? It's the, yep. it's the, the, um, Oh, they're going to get sacked. The Huskers are playing. I should, I've been distracted. The I was going to say, you're, I, I, I realized, I just remembered your team is playing tonight. The Huskers are playing Minnesota right now, and they are, uh, they're up seven to three. It's a super boring game. It's third quarter, say, seven to three. Yeah. But that's a game. So you're, you're, what was it, plus seven? Yeah. Was the seven. line at the start? Yep. So, yep, yep. And the, they just had a big sack. So, but it's looking good. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's I, I, every time I think this is Jim being trying to be reasonable, I think, oh, yeah, I can leave it on and I'll just look at it and it won't distract <laughs> me. It's a total lie. It's if a you total notice, lie. I've let it go. I, I mean, oh, and nobody yeah. said anything in the chat. I mean, well, Uyghur used to do this to me all the time. Uyghur oh, really? would be, yeah. He, if you go back and watch the older podcast, he'll be like this. <laughs> when I'm talking, he'll just look up, you know, and, um, and I was like, you know, the best, the best thing that I have seen, uh, have you watched, um, uh, the Peyton and Eli Monday night football? Oh yeah. 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 Watching Peyton Manning. <laughs> I know. Try so to good. talk and look at the screen and he gets so distracted. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's hard. It is. Yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of go, um, yeah, you can't, we, we think we can multitask and we really can't. Now the Huskers have been so bad for the last, I don't know, eight or nine, 10 years. 
I've just quit watching their football games. But wow. we have a new coach. It's a new era. Yeah. There's, there's but your last coach. coach was supposed to be the savior, you know. Scott yeah, well, Frost. he was. Yeah, Scott Frost was supposed to be. He was supposed to be. Yeah, he had that that miracle season down there in your your neck of the woods, or at least yeah. in Florida at UCF. And uh, yeah, he came. They came with high hopes, but uh, didn't really work out. The Golden Boy got run out of town. Well, that's that's going to be our uh, our goal this year is to you know. We finally think we have a coach and a team that put us back in them at Florida State, by the way. Okay, is okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of similarities between Florida State and Nebraska. Yeah. Like both storied programs in the 90s, both, you know, doing national championship kind of stuff. And um, Florida's in the same boat, you know, kind of. It's been a while. It has. And uh, we. Uh, that used to be my team and the wife, you know, she's already made comments. She goes, we're, we're not going to be able to watch the game together this year. Are we? I said, not if they win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marv on your, on your new podcast. Uh, um, what, what do you, what's success for you on this thing? Like what, what, how so, are you measuring success? I, 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 I think for now I'm not going to measure it. Okay. Uh, my goal is to see if I can have the show go for a year. And at that point, I'll look and see, have I grown? I think the bottom line is, uh, I know that there is a, uh, when you talk about measuring podcasts in terms of downloads, uh, I want to get to, I think, if I can average 100 downloads per episode, Mm -hmm. Or well, let me rephrase that. I use Simplecast as my host, mm-hmm. and they actually have a a figure that where they count unique listeners per week. So it doesn't matter what the download numbers are. I want to get 100 unique listeners per week. Okay. Okay. And get an engagement to where people are like, "Hey, can we call in and ask questions?" Yeah. And I want to yeah. get that. So once I get to that point, then we'll see. Okay. I think it's a good thing to go into, even if you're just doing it for fun. It's a good thing to say, Hey, what am I trying to get out of this thing? Cause if you, if you go in, you can only do things so long before, you know, for free or is a good, is like for fun, right. even for fun wears out after a while. Right. So the first yeah. reason I did it was I, I needed to find a way to make myself accountable. Yeah. Out yeah. committing to like a person or a company, yeah. you know, yeah. and I said, I want to, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by this date. Well, I'm almost there. So I basically okay. have two pounds to good. go good. Uh, in, in a week and a half. Uh, so that's good. So I'm going to try to figure out another goal because I want to keep this tied to a personal journey as well as bringing on other people and yeah. talking about their journeys. Are, are you finding those inter- those interviews to be interesting to you? Yes. It's it's odd. I mean, like, you know, talking to the people, even in the pre-chat, because I do a pre-chat with all of them mm-hmm. before they come on. Mm-hmm. And hearing the, excite- the excitement in their voice for yeah. us, yeah. you know, like, oh, fuck, we can talk about that? I'm like, sure. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, there is an excitement that, you know, I haven't had with the other podcasts in a while. I mean, I get excitement there. But, you know, this newness, I think. Yeah, is, yeah where it's at yeah, good for you good for you give it give it a listen if you're if you uh can can take on how episodes an hour how long are you what no they're more they're more in the 30 to 45 okay. minute range okay so l- a half of this 
check it out unhealthypodcast.com <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. It's a good name. It sticks. Everybody has said, why don't you give it a more positive name? And I'm like, because then you don't want to click it. No, right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in that, I'm kind of in that coaching space where I get to interview all these coaches. And it's just a a ton of fun. I've done three this week. And uh, it's just a ton of fun to be in that space because those, those people, they're genuinely excited. And I am too. I mean, I love the subject. And they're genuinely excited about what they have to say. And it's kind of fun that in, that infectious optimism kind of start, hopefully starts rubbing off on you, yep. you know, so good. Well, Marv, thanks for coming out tonight. Always great to have you on the podcast and, and uh, good luck. Uh, well, we'll see in, in, you know, I don't let you get too far away. You're a good interview for home gadget geeks. Uh, so Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Well, thanks for asking me, and I'm glad I found some topics that your listeners uh, like. Well, we'll see about that. I like them, <laughs> but we'll see if they like them. If what's your email address if they didn't like them? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just just info just. at uncomarv.com. <laughs> <laughs> Send all your complaints there. If you want to, uh, if you want to join us, can you can you hang for one second? Sure. Mark? Can you hang out? Okay. If you want to join us in the Discord group, if you got some conversations you want to have, it's just a good group of folks out there the average guy.tv slash discord leave us a message at homegadgetgeeks.com uh, there's a little blue button over there and you can leave a 30 second message and we'll put you on the show kyle's done that before you could too just put it on just give me a call love to hear it just send me an email after you've done that jim at the average guy.tv so i make sure and i go out and check that don't forget the average guy.tv both web and media hosting powered by maple grove partners Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, that's Christian. Check it out. Plans still starting at 10 bucks. maplegrovepartners.com. And I do know Christian will not make a really dumb roughing the passer penalty like Nebraska just made when it was third and nine and they were going to get the ball back. Oh, Nebraska. Anyways, uh, let's see. I think I went through this and that. Rate, view, subscribe, all that other good stuff. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Speaking of that, next Thursday, uh, Paul Brennan is back. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know Paul and uh, you know Paul, and you know he's a friend of the show, and he's going to have some super interesting things to talk about, just like Marv did tonight. So come out and join us for Paul next Thursday. That's the seventh. Uh, Christian's coming back. Um, I, I got some, I have another guest, Lucas, uh, um, Haderman from smart rent. And, uh, he talks about technologies that you need if you're going to have rental properties, mm-hmm. like how to put all these, how to use all these home gadgets is as a renter to help in that process. Not spying on your, not right. spying on your renties, but we'll get, we'll get more from him when he gets on here as well. Bob and Ryan are coming back. And then Dave McCabe's going to join me on the uh, on the 12th. Dave will be back. So we got some guests lined up. You could be here too. For those listening live, thanks for coming out. Brian, always appreciate your comments at the end of the show. And with that, we'll say goodbye.